This is the I Went Down to the River podcast. I'm Dan Walton, and I will sit down with fellow alums and talk about what it meant to be a part of the Hawken football program and wear the wings. We share stories of friendship, memorable games, funny moments, and how football made us who we are. You don't need to be on a bus for these tangs. Now let's go down to the river. Today's guest was a two-way starter his senior year at guard and linebacker. On defense, he was a player that could diagnose the play and get to the ball very quickly. After he graduated from college, he came back as an assistant coach to help the program. In the roster, he was jersey number 58. Welcome to the podcast, class of 2008, Cliff Koshin. Cliff, thanks for taking this trip down to the river. How you doing? (laughs) I'm doing great, Dan. How are you? I am doing well. Uh, it is good to see you. It has been too long since I've seen you and uh, we got to catch up a little bit before we pressed record here and I'm glad that uh, things are going well and uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation that we're about to have. Me as well. Cliff, I'd like to know uh, what your first Hawking football memory was. Um, well, I'm, I remember being in eighth grade and coming to, to visit in Shadow Hawking and um, I shadowed with Stu Ralston. Uh, <laughs> Um, remember that very clearly and, uh, was definitely interested in playing football in high school. So we went to coach's office and that was the first time that I'd ever, um, like been in the building or been in his office and seen just like everything that he had up and, and all of the memories and experiences and just like what, um, a shrine his office was to the, to the program, uh, not, not just to himself. Um, and I remember my eyes getting a little bit big and thinking to myself, uh, kind of like, what have I just gotten into? Um, and he explained the program a little bit to me and I was very much just like wanting to learn and to, um, to like, to begin to integrate myself. And then I remember my dad asking, uh, something about playing time, especially my freshman year. And I remember just being so mortified because coach was not about, uh, was not about that in any way, shape or form. Uh, he was like, just shot that right down. Um, and I, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I hope he doesn't think that, uh, think terribly of me now. Like I really would just like to, to like come here and start doing the things, um, and working my way. in. uh, and so that was really my first memory um, before, before I really even knew him or, uh, knew what he was all about. So, yeah. So with that visit and then subsequently coming in probably around early June and getting acclimated with the, um, the summer minicamp program, talk about what was that like to bridge, um, from previous school to now new school? Yeah. So in, in middle school, I played CYO football and we, we had a really good league. Um, I played for St. Vincent St. Mary's in eighth grade. And, um, and I was playing defensive end and linebacker, uh, I'm sorry, defensive end and fullback. Um, and so I came in and, uh, and switched to linebacker, um, really from the start, uh, in my freshman year, um, and was learning that position, but on offense, I very much like, I think I tried just about everything. I think Um, you did too. I think you, uh, I think you got a bunch of, um, hole punches on your uh, offensive play card. I think you yeah. get a free sub for how many punches yeah, you got. <laughs> I, think, I really do think that I tried just about every position except for quarterback. Um, 
And because we all know that I can't throw a football, I think that uh, that <laughs> I think that people made fun of me for years about my my throwing motion. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I started off, um, and I I do remember the big difference is uh, for me was how much I had to remember going into every play, right? Because middle school is very much just um, like point and go. Uh, and um, and immediately coming in my freshman year, it was very schematic. Um, and so much to remember just the line of scrimmage uh, felt, felt very overwhelming in June when I was first starting. Yeah, for sure. It does, um, it does uh, speed up the game as far as, acquiring the sort of like you said the schematics but the knowledge and sort of the the system that's going to be put into place and especially if it's a new system it uh it could take a little bit of time i do remember you sort of jumping around positionally that is not abnormal um there are freshmen that come in and sort of if it's not obvious that hey that person's going to play this position or that's where they've previously played they might be open to kind of just trying one and then the coaches say yeah that was a good fit or hey let's uh let's maybe head down to the opposite end of the practice field and uh, see if there's any guys down there that uh, you resonate with (laughs) yeah (laughs) um what was your favorite tradition in your time uh within the program um i i think it has to be and and especially because this changed even from when i came back as a coach uh had to be Saturdays. Um, I loved getting the lights on the field and, and the new traditions that, that we had. And I'm lucky that I was able to experience that as, as a member of the program, um, as a coach, but as a player for me, just beginning to end the process of Saturdays, um, waking up, going to a senior's house, right? Like as a freshman, that, that just feels exciting. Um, and when you are a senior and you, and you stay at the different houses and, and, and all of that, um, so much that goes into it. And then the breakfast in the morning, um, driving to school, the train of cars, who's riding with who, um, I remember, uh, people used to sit at green lights, um, until they turned yellow so that they would, they would, they would lose the train, um, and then coming into school and going through all the pregame at school uh, and being out on the field uh, on our beautiful field, surrounded by the trees and the forest, um, often on like very gloomy, overcast kind of October, November days. Um, the old field when it was still grass in the mud. Um, just like I said, the whole process of it, to me, there was nothing, nothing better than like doing a Saturday of football. Um, and so, yeah, very fond memories of that. Yeah. I think, uh, you, you hit it. You have, you have sort of that advantage of as a player, you had that Saturday afternoon tradition Mm -hmm. and like you mentioned the going to the breakfast, the coming to school, probably filling out your, uh, your quiz in your locker stall prior (laughs) to the game, making sure that your pads are transferred over and everything's kind of in order. You're, removable cleats are tightened down and they're not worn down too much and all that good stuff. Um, but then you also have 
the flip side of it, which is when you came back as a coach, like you said, you got to see what the Friday night tradition looked mm-hmm. like and seeing what a Friday night home contest looked like, mm-hmm. as opposed to the Saturdays that you got to play into. Um, that's awesome. Uh, what other, were there any other traditions that, uh, that stuck out to you? Yeah. Um, I think to me, less of, less of a tradition, um, per se, but I think that one of the, one of the things that was so amazing about coach that he really understood, um, was how much routine matters. And to me, um, like the process of the season, right? Once you get into your junior, senior year, you you really have a firm sense of what what's about to happen from beginning to end. But then also just from week to week, right? I know how my Monday is going to go. I know how my Tuesday, right? Like I know how this is going to play out. Um, and the way that he built it, right? And progressed it both throughout a season and then throughout a week, um, to me is something that I've really tried to emulate um, when I have, been coaching, um, which I've done a lot in the last 10 years. Uh, but then also, um, as an educator, um, as a counselor, um, when I do summer camp, right. The, like there are principles that just translate. Um, and I think that that was what coach was so good at, um, is that just about everything that he did, you could take and apply it to whatever aspect of life you um you needed and so so yeah i think that like just that routine in and of itself was um was something that was unique to football um and that i just really enjoyed yeah so a system that we all learned as players from a football lens but is universal to whatever you want to apply it to so for sure on that. Um, Cliff, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and do a little senior season review, your 2006 campaign, which was uh, a five and five um, win loss record before we, uh, before we start off and get into things. um, I want to ask you, what was your favorite part about playing a linebacker? Oh gosh. Um, I think that, when I was uh, at my best, it was, so for me, I became really good at the position, not because I was the strongest person or the fastest person. Um, I was pretty skinny. I still look like just about the same as I look right now, um, which did some damage to my shoulders, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> But like I became a a real student of the game. I loved watching film. Um, I would sit in class and draw play. But I had whole playbooks, right? Um, that I would do. I just really loved the X's and O's of it and and processing. And I think that for me, that was why I became good. Um, and because it became instinctual, and so when I knew that things were working really well was when the ball would snap and I would end up on the bottom of a pile with a tackle and just, I had just instinctually got there. Um, but it was because of how much um, work and thought went into my preparation, and which took 
seasons to to like become really um, good at. So I think that for me that is uh, like thing one. And then thing two was senior year being able to call the plays and just be in the middle of it and see what was going on um, was also something that I just really enjoyed. Yeah, so it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of preparation because you don't just show up on a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon and start seeing backfield action and get to where you need to be. It requires a lot of film study. It requires the Monday through Thursday or the Monday through Friday practice and hearing what's going to be installed schematically by Coach Moses. Mm -hmm. And it's running the drills that are specific to that game plan. And you can't you can't shortchange that. You can't fast forward through that and be like, I just want to get to the game or you will not see the results that you want. And I think the way that you described yourself as a linebacker and the reason that you were able to have what you called some success, but I would say you had quite a bit of success is because of that work that you had to put in. And if you think about someone coming in and playing linebacker and skipping those steps and cheating on the the scouting Mm-hmm. film and the practice reps and things like that. Just think about how physically gifted you have to be to be able to see something and then be able to get there in that amount of time and be able to make a play. I mean, there are not many of those that have ever played high school football um, on our schedule that have been able to do that. So it requires someone who's going to be diligent and it requires someone who's going to be a good student of the game so that I can put myself in a position where now my physical abilities are able to make the plays that I want them. And I know that they can make. So that was a really good way that you uh, sort of described that for, for the listener. So as we're getting ready to start that senior campaign, uh, your senior class elects three captains, mm-hmm. Alec Bialowski, Greg, uh, Corin, and Josh Rogan. Mm-hmm. Um, any sort of overall commentary about the captains that were put in place for that team your senior year? Um, yeah, our captains were were excellent. Um, they were real leaders. Um, they, I think they all had. They all had gone through Hawkins Middle School. Yeah, yeah. Um, so had just been just had been around the program um, and. And were real fixtures, right? And and I think I think all three of them demonstrated real leadership throughout the course of the season. All three of them were also the three the cross captains in the spring. Um, it was the same three wow. people, right? So I think that that speaks to um, just their character and what it is that they were bringing to the table for sure. I did not know that in the spring they also then repeated as lacrosse captains. That's interesting. Yep. Be interested to hear were they uh, the similar type of captain in the fall that they were in the spring, or was it a different situation for anyone just based on sort of familiarity or approach to the game? Yeah, so I think that um, they brought much of that same, much of the same discipline from the football season to the lacrosse season, um, and we we did go five and five our, our senior year in football, which. Um, we, so the year prior to that, our junior year, we had gone six and four, I think. Correct. Um, and, but we finished with six straight wins. Um, and the first one of those wins, so we started own four and then the first win of that year was against undefeated Cuyahoga Heights. Um, and I don't know if you remember that game that was on our home field. 
I do. And, um, and it came down to the last couple of plays. I remember being on the field for that um, on defense. And um, <laughs> we still talk about it to this day. Their players, their offensive linemen were so sure that they were going to win. They were coming up to the line and singing Mike Jones, which was a rapper at the time. So they were, they were coming up to the line and rapping and, uh, and we ended up beating them. And then we, we cleaned the slate and won the rest of our games that year. And so I remember we came in um, into our senior year, really fired up and also confident that like we could continue um, a lot of that success that we had. We had a lot of returning starters. Um, and ended up not not having the success that I think that we wanted or expected. But those three captains then also took that same discipline into the cross. And um, we made it deep, deep into the to the playoffs that year. I think we were a final four team. Um, so it, it was absolutely they brought that same attitude for sure. Nice. So that season gets underway. Uh, we have an away contest week one over at university mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. Um, close for the first half. Yes. And then heat talent. They were a talented team. Uh, depth of roster, those, those kind of things kind of caught up to us. And, uh, we were, uh, we were on the, the losing end of that. Um, I remember that first half just, uh, going in with a game plan that we were going to really hit them off tackle with the running game. And Corin had a huge first half. Yeah, we ran, um, power right uh literally every play for two straight drives and scored two touchdowns our first opening drives of the game so we went all the way down the field scored a touchdown they then were riding high they then returned the kickoff yeah for a touchdown so the interesting thing about those first couple series that we were talking about is i remember they had just installed this stack three defensive front and we were like, all right, stack three. This is what, you know, these are the strengths of that defense. Uh, we're going to run you off tackle. And yep. we, like you said, I mean, we just were pounding power yep. up and down the field. Uh, series three, they came out in uh, their four, three base set. <laughs> yeah. they, they were like, abort, get out. <laughs> so we, I mean, we did for two straight times. So we scored on the first drive of the game. They touch, uh, kick return back for the touchdown. And my senior year kickoff was the, the only play that I ever came off the field the entire game. So I played every snap of offense and I played every snap of defense and every special team except for kickoff. So that was the, and and I, and I played every snap the entire season. Uh, Yeah. You were a little bit of an iron man. (laughs) Um, So I remember that was the one play that I had come off the field and I was like, you have got to be freaking kidding me. Uh, and, and then, and then we did the same thing. We ran power, right. Uh, for a second drive and went up 14 to seven, I think. Um, and, and I was playing left guard, right? So I was pulling just about every play. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, we, we did, I think that so much of what you said is so true though. It was very, very hot. That field was just radiating heat. Um, I think that Corin, a bunch of people started cramping in the second half. I think Corin got ill multiple times on the yeah. field, if I remember it correctly. Yeah. Um, that was when coach was all about, um, 
oh, he kept using a phrase and I forget what it is now. Um, it, it was like, don't quit. I, I forget exactly what it was, but that was all about what halftime was about. Um, but yeah, definitely caught up to us in the second half for sure. So no one wants to start off their senior campaign 0-1, let alone against your rival. Mm -hmm. And so week two, uh, we have a contest against Lutheran West. Mm -hmm. Away, right? Correct. Away. Um, First first game against Lutheran West, right? We started the series up. This was the first year. Is that correct? I don't think we played them your junior year. I don't remember, to be honest. I'm pretty sure it is. So we go over there, and uh, Greg Corrin has another big game. Two weeks in a row now, he goes over 100. But in addition to that, he also returns the opening kickoff Mm. for a touchdown. And I remember just getting up into the press box and putting the headset over my ears, and uh, they're, like, kicking off, and Corrin gets it, and hits his hole and gone. It's like, all right, this is nice. Now yeah. <laughs> let's get started. Um, so just to, I guess, just to wrap up the U.S. game before we launch into this one, I remember games over and I just like took a knee in the middle of the field. Everyone else had cleared off. And one of their coaches came over to me and patted me on my shoulder pads and uh, told me to keep my head up and that that we had a really good team, um, which I appreciated and also was kind of frustrated because I had wanted to win, you know. Um, and so I think that we did go into that week two game still thinking, uh, like I talked about our junior season, right? Like we we know we can do this. We had a really strong finish the year before. We have all these pieces in place that we we're returning. Um, and man, that Lutheran West game, I think that we, for whatever reason, just uh, couldn't sustain it in the way that we had wanted, right? Um, what was the final score? Uh, 18 to 15. They scored yeah, one late on close. us. It came down to three and we kind of held on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry to cut you off on that U.S. finish. I didn't know you had one more thing. Oh, to no, say. that's okay. So. Um, so, I mean, I remember pieces and parts of that, of the Lutheran West game, um, 18 to 15. Yeah, I, I think that um, some of the things that I remember are um, weird pieces that seem like they uh, – I don't know, just don't fit into like, this is, this is actually the game. Like I remember the locker room being super far away from the field. And so we like, we had to then figure that out. Right. Because we couldn't make it back in for halftime. So we just like went out behind a tree for, for halftime. Yeah. We went uh, over on the practice field sort of yeah. just away from the field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so things like that. Uh, and I, and, and that's always kind of the, the, um, adventure of away games, right? It's like, how are we going to do what we do, but uh, but over here, right? And we, uh, that's when we still, 
we didn't have the turf, right? So we were still bringing our mud um, and people were getting grumpy about that and, and, all, <laughs> and all of those things. So um, like personally, in terms of my playing, if you look at my stats, they were not very good in week one or week two. Um, but I never had good stats against us. They really do a good job of identifying middle backers and like always um, run away from them and work up to the second level really well. Um, so I was a lot of times just hole fitting for safeties. Um, but also I didn't have great stats against Lutheran West either. And I think that like part of that for me just came was just because I was playing weak side my junior year. Um, and then it switched to middle, uh, which gets a ton more attention is on the strong side of the formation. Um, and so I was having to fight through box a lot more and just the physicality of, um, the game and what I was experiencing, right? Like I remember laying down on the bed after those first couple of weeks and not being able to move in a way that my body then got used to the hits later in the season. And I ended up being fine. Um, also I remember the, uh, the, in the scrimmage that we had against Streetsboro, um, where we would go live, um, the week before us is when I dislocated my shoulder for the first time. And so didn't practice at all for the week going into us um, because we had to get x-rays and they wanted it slinged and did like a whole bunch of work on it and treatment. And so I ran through some reps, no contact, but um, then went into us for that first week without like really at, with very minimal practice that week um, too. So uh, yeah, definitely like a slower start personally, um, especially defensively for the season than, than I would have liked. Well, and us was probably one of the first, uh, opponents that we had on our schedule who went with what would be considered the true spread offensive set that teams yeah. are doing these days, which does take the linebacking play, especially from the Mike position, uh, out of the equation a lot more. So with yeah. the spreading of the box and getting as many extended uh perimeter players as possible yeah so we get that w um and we are going into week three we're one and one now mm -hmm. and we have a second uh rival on the schedule we have our game against gilmore academy and uh that one uh is a loss of the 28 to seven variety mm -hmm. and uh, we dropped to one and two. Yeah. Um, I, I have to be honest, I don't have a ton of memories <laughs> from this game. I think that um, it was just, it was weird because Gilmore also played on Saturdays, but we were away. Um, I, I think I, same with us at that time too. Um, so we were having to navigate that. The true statistical sort of story of this game is that um, we weren't able to run as successfully as we had the previous two weeks. Mm. Yeah, um, they had some they, big, they, big yeah. interior linemen. Yeah, and so they get out to a two to a three touchdown lead on us. And uh, Chris Coulter, the quarterback, ends yep. up throwing uh, 32 times, which is more than kind of our offense is designed to do. So it was just out of necessity that we had to chuck the ball that many times. 
Yeah, we were really running a true kind of that true old um, system. Like when, when I came back, we were a lot more in the shotgun. We didn't run a single shotgun play my, that entire any of the I don't think any of my four years when I when I was a player, um, we were always under center. Lots of traps, lots of powers. Yeah, a lot of wing T with a lot uh, of wing T with the occasional I formation to get corn yeah. back there. But yeah, um, so yeah, a lot of wing T, some I formation. We weren't even running um, double tight at all, really. Um, so we had two wides, and that was really about it um, at, on any given play. So after that loss, we're at one and two, and now we have Independence, the Blue Devils in uh, a game four contest, which starts off a uh, another just close um, back and forth battle. Uh, we end up on the short end, 16 to 12. And so now we're at one and three. Mm -hmm. um, one of the lone bright spots coming out of the loss would be, uh, I believe, your first career interception. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yep. For varsity career, there might be a, a reserve yeah, yeah. game one buried somewhere. Yep. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember that play? I do remember. I actually, um, someone has a snapped a picture of it, and it's on. It's in the the Hawken archive somewhere. Um, which whoever was uh, doing official photography that day. Um, it so it was in their end zone, um, and. Um, so I think that they were on like the two or three yard line and tried to get cute uh, and throw a quick slant, um, which I just dropped right underneath. Um, un unfortunately, like it was a diving catch and I wasn't able to, um, it, it just ended up with me getting a touchback. But uh, the year, a couple years before that had been, I, it was a year before against Kirtland when Greg Corrin um, intercepted them in the end zone and took it a hundred yards. And he made the news for that. And that was super cool. Um, so I didn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't as cool as that, but, um, I think that's actually in a couple of games we're about to talk about. Yeah. That was the same year. Yeah. Oh, was that that same year? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So, uh, we were up 13 to seven at halftime on them and, uh, just could not, uh, could not execute in the second half and put points on the board. I think, um, I feel like culture threw a lot in that game as well. I feel like maybe that was the game uh, Oge Analifo had. He had been in and out with injury and he'd come back. And we tried to um, get the ball to him on the fade a bunch. Yeah, Cor Corin went over 100. Mm -hmm. Like you said, yeah, we were not able to find the end zone with the running attack. So Chris did start to uh, take it to the air a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so, so now... Uh, Starting to get to a familiar uh, feeling of what you were talking about with your junior campaign, starting off zero and four. Now we're dipping to one and three, um, yeah. and so um, coming up is a Cuyahoga Heights opponent who is probably a little salty and a little pissed that uh, mm -hmm. last year's game ended the way that it did. Uh, mm -hmm. A game that they went into the fourth quarter up thirteen, and we came back to beat them on scored fourteen unanswered. Um, so we go over to Calga Heights and it's, uh, that was a Thursday night, wasn't it? Was it a Thursday night? I think so. It was. 
It definitely was. And so we go over there and it is a hard fought battle. One that uh, we come up on the short end though, 28 to 14 mm-hmm. memories of that Thursday night. Yeah. So, I mean, they, um, they were deep into the triple option. So, um, that a true triple option. So, uh, it's just a completely different type of preparation. Um, and they were really good at it. And, um, and then would also occasionally just drop back into like a shotgun four or five wide. Um, and their quarterback was super athletic, um, and could just make some plays. And so I think that we, um, we fought hard. Uh, they, they just made a couple more plays than we did. And, and I think just maybe had an athlete or two that we didn't. Um, and we're, and, and really were able to sustain, sustain some drives with the triple option and, and just push down the field and, and eat some clock in a way that, um, that just kept, kept our offense off the field. So. Yeah. First half where, uh, we go into the locker room down 14 zero and on the road against a good team. And it, it it could have been easy to come out in the third quarter and watch that game get really out of control. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it speaks to your senior class and the rest of the squad who uh, did not give up and fought back. And while we still, you know, we're in that 14 hole uh, it was a 14 to 14 second half. So fought Mm -hmm. to the end but uh, ultimately did not have enough to uh, come out on the uh, W side. Yeah. So now we're going into the next week and that's week six against Kirtland. Um, This is a high scoring back and forth competitive game. One that we win 33 to 24. Uh, This is like the Greg Corrin show. Yeah. Um, Just an absolute marvelous performance by him. Uh, he was definitely player of the week in the local papers for this game. Went well over the hundred yard mark. Um, 170. So that's pretty, uh, that's pretty impressive when you can go over, uh, that amount. So, and then he had one, two, he had three touchdowns rush and then, uh, Right at the end of the first half, at the scoreboard end on the varsity sideline, they threw a pass and he picked it off two yards in the end zone. Mm-hmm. And he took it all the way back. And I think if memory serves me correct, he thought he caught it just outside of the end zone. That's why he ran it. Because normally if you're in the end zone, there's two schools of thought. One, down it and get it at the 20. The other is... We always say, if it's clear down the sideline, give it a go. Corin, I believe, told me that he thought he was just out of the end zone. That's the only reason he brought it out. And thank, <laughs> and thank goodness he did. He absolutely was not. I was on the field for that play. I remember it clearly. He, he was definitely in, like, probably halfway through the end zone. Did you get a chance to get in front and get a piece of anyone? Or So, he... Um, <laughs> We were, but we were both kind of in the middle of the field, but he was kind of a, he was a layer behind me. Um, and so he caught it and, uh, I did, um, like I was just right there and caught some offensive linemen. And then he was so quickly just up 
are facing left-hand sideline, so our our home sideline, um, and and quickly outpaced me as and not I was behind him, but uh, got some pieces. But yeah, it was it was something to see. He was he when he caught that he was absolutely in traffic, and how he how he got out of it and up the sideline is crazy. I'm sure if we uh, if we have that game film and if we were able to turn the audio back on. Um, I'm sure there would be someone in the box that would be like, no, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go, Greg. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, game seven, a contest at Grand Valley. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a what a back and forth. What a uh, fight to the finish. One where uh, the Hawks end up victorious 24 to 21. Uh, notable this game is this was your career single game high for tackles in a game. You had 24 in this game, Yep, which puts you in the uh, top 10 record book for uh, total tackles in a single game. At the time it was, I, uh, I'd taken first place. Some people have passed me since then, but, um, but yeah. Uh, Impressive. That's, that's getting around the ball quite a bit. So this was, this was, as I remember, this was the game where Oge came back and we really tried to um, integrate him into the offense a bunch. He had four carries for 80 yards and a touchdown running jet sweeps across the formation. Just so talented. I mean, what a long um, athletic weapon, Mm -hmm. Um, just long strides. And you might think someone's close to him, but he is pulling away for sure. He also had three catches for 47 and a touchdown as well. So he found the end zone twice that day. Um, I believe it was a score with about 106 or 105 left that ultimately put us up because it was 21 to uh, 17, I believe. Yeah, we um, I remember I remember that game really clearly. We um, we were at their place. Their running back was huge um greg corn was from grand valley and i remember asking like what what is this guy taking um because (laughs) he was probably like six two and solid um thick muscular and um and i i was around the ball a lot i had a lot of tackles um but this guy was was often not definitely occasionally taking me some yards down the field with him um as as i brought him down and i remember just being physically beat up my shoulders were in bad shape they were both um like trying to pop out just about every time i was (laughs) i was going to tackle him um coach i remember coach walton on the sidelines trying to give me tackling advice um he was like no no no, you gotta like get him and like don't let him drag you down the field it was the only time really that he's ever tried to coach me like tried to coach me defensively and i was like i know i know i know i got i got i got it like we (laughs) like i'm just trying to keep my shoulder from popping out we'll like we'll get it fixed (laughs) um (laughs) uh and um Really close game, really super physical game um, on both sides of the ball um, from a bunch of our players. And we and um, 
two things that I, uh, other things that I remember, um, I don't know, I don't know why this just, uh, I remember it so clearly we ran trap check and, um, and Coulter goes up to the line and instead of uh, calling what side he, um, he just went uh, for the color, um, went gray. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not an option on the chat. Which is not an option. Um, so, so like the color, that's a little ambiguous where we yeah, going yeah, now. Yeah. We're like, what, you, what do you want us to do? Uh, can I get um, a red 40 or a blue 41, or a blue please? 41, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gray. What? <laughs> um, so that play went nowhere. Uh, <laughs> from start to finish. Yeah. Um, but then I also remember, uh, that final drive, um, us going down the field, we ran no huddle, which we almost never did. And we and we just had enough pieces in place that we were either running trap check or slant check. And um, and we made our way down the field and scored with like a minute left. Coach, I was sweating <laughs> up in the box because you're right. We did not really have um, a no huddle system in place for that situation. And so we have bundled pay plays, you know, package right. plays where we, we send two in. Um, but man, there, that's one of those moments where you are just as a coach, I'm feeling that adrenaline as much as a player. I mean, it is like mm-hmm. pressure is on. I'm trying to give plays one to two play in advance, like to my dad over the phones, like, Hey, if, if we end up in bounce, this is what we have to call right away. And, um, it was pretty crazy. I remember finding the end zone there and uh, it was, it was an emotional uh, roller coaster mm-hmm. for sure. And mm-hmm. one that uh, there was a lot of excitement on the field. There was a lot of uh, tangs on the way back from Orwell that night. I'm sure Coulter got ripped on for his uh, gray trap check call. <laughs> and if not retroactive, he needs to be. So someone needs to get in on him. <laughs> so we're we're sitting anything else on that game no i'm good so we're sitting at three and four and we return back home for a homecoming uh game against cardinal mm-hmm. and uh we end up uh losing this one 22 to 13 and uh just uh nothing was easy in this game offenses for both teams were struggling to move it defenses were solid and stout and uh just didn't get the stop or the uh the uh change of possession that we needed to 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 come up on the winning side yeah i mean and that's how so many games with cardinal went um we'd beaten them a year before um i remember being grumpy at them because every time the year before at their place i made a tackle their announcer said my name differently um and you guys were ripping on me for that (laughs) um but i mean those those games against those teams uh, out east were were always battles. Um, they just had really technical sound, technically sound players, players at the line. Um, that was a really muddy game. I remember Saturday afternoon game, um, and so we were just bogged down and, and and couldn't break through. You, I mean, you look at the the stats from that game, the team stats, and it's like first downs practically the same, total offense practically the same. Um, total plays run like within five. I mean, it was really two teams almost carbon copy and they just kind of 
had the uh, the one up uh, advantage on us in the score column. So game game nine, um, another home contest. This is senior night for you guys against the Richmond Heights Spartans. Mm-hmm. Uh, game that we're able to put forty two up on the board and hold them to thirteen. Uh, I guess my first question before we get to the specifics of the of the game are senior night. What does that mean as someone who went through four years of the program, got to see three versions of senior night as an underclassman and sort of the impact of that upper, that upper class group at whatever given year you were, and now to be in those shoes and to have your own senior night. Um, so I, I think that for me, um, the, the program and um coach ended up in in so many ways defining what hawken meant for me and did for me um so i mean i I just i i have to be honest like i didn't have like a an a tremendous high school experience i just not that i didn't love hawken but it just i've Personally, I was kind of just like going through the motions often. I wasn't a super great student um, at the time. I ended up becoming a, a, a pretty good student and later on, but um, I lived far away um, and, and that made it challenging. Um, and, and like what made, oftentimes what made it worth it was, um, was coming to practice every day and um, and the team and the, and the coaches and, um, it, it like oftentimes gave me the energy that I needed to just like do it. Um, and, and then in the spring of my junior year, um, my dad died and, um, very suddenly, um, in, in, in March and, um, it was on a Monday night and the only thing that I knew to do, um, was to just go to school the next day. Um, and I remember I parked out in the third lot and I walked into the, to the athletic complex and I just, I knew that I had to find coach and, and that he w- like, I had to talk to him. Um, and so, he was really in many ways became like um became like a father to me um and and so for me senior day was yes about like the four years that that i had put in um but really more to me about me being just so thankful for everything that um that the program had done for me but but really that that coach had done for me um i i i i don't know that i could have made it through at at times without him thanks for sharing that cliff that was uh that was a that was a special story um I remember that and uh, that final home game starts up 
like I'd mentioned, it was a, a 42 to 13 victory uh, mm-hmm. for, for the Hawks. Um, another just outstanding night for you defensively where you total 20 tackles. Anytime you can have 24 and 20 in two separate individual games, uh, that is quite impressive. And so uh, you have that uh, also to your credit. Um, that one puts you, I think, just out of the top 10. It might be right at the edge. I'm trying to think of some of the more recent ones if it's bumped you out, but you're like right there around nine or 10. <laughs> so um, a game where corn goes nuts and, yep. uh, and then Coulter is able to find some pretty good success also through the air. It was kind of one of those games where uh, we were able to have uh, a variety of uh, successful um plays and personnel yeah we um we had such a strong offensive line that year uh and and, and greg Corin, man was just such an outstanding give some back. love to that line from left to right or right man, i'm telling line. you so um it was me and alex scott on the left side um just um had a, a great time um and became really good friends because of it um and then uh Bilosky was center um and was was an excellent center really good at reading defense yeah he was um and then uh rogan was right guard and house was, was right yeah tackle. house um Even and, johnson and, yep and so all five of us were experienced we were all juniors and seniors we had played together for a while we were all on the same page um and like i said corn was just so good at at seeing the field and reading our blocks um we when we could open him up, uh, we really got things going. So, yeah, they like to say at the college and the uh, pro, you know, levels, it's it's important to have that continuity among the offensive line. That the longer they're together, mm-hmm. the more they gel and the better they perform. And obviously, but there there's there's a piece of that also. Even at the lower level of small Northeast Ohio football, you have guys that have gone through whatever scheme of blocking that you're installing it means something yeah and i in all five of us i mean we we played the the whole year together um there was really no subs going on on that line so and so we go into that week 10 contest um we're sitting at four and five and we are going to take a road trip over to fairport we finish off on about the highest of highs, a 48 to zero shutout. Just a great feeling out there by the lake uh, as we get that W and then get back on the bus and head home. Any uh, recollections of that last time that you put the wings on? Man, um, pouring rain, uh, mud pit field. The worst stadium equipped for a, <laughs> yeah. a downpour because it's like, yep. It's like if a bathtub was big enough to have a grass field in it, it just funnels to I'm it. Not, I'm not kidding. There was just a probably a, a foot, maybe a little bit less of standing water in the field. I remember tackling someone. I could have just put their helmet down into the water and like that would have been that for them. You know, like <laughs> it, 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 it was for real a bathtub. Um, yeah, we had, I mean, we, we executed well, we, I, we were up. So that was the first time all season in the fourth quarter that I was taken out of a game, um, which I was a little bit salty about, uh, but we were, we were, we were up for 42 to nothing. Um, 
I think that I remember so clearly being in the in the end zone after the end of that game. And um I remember just thinking to myself, um that I wasn't ready for it to be over. Um, I I wish that we had five more games. I I just think that like personally, I felt like I was I I started playing, especially in the back half of the season, really good football. I'd like really started to figure out and things were clicking. Um, and was just ready to like continue to grow and develop. And man, I just could have kept doing it forever. Um yeah, Cliff, if you're whether you're sitting in like one of those seasons that's at 500, just below, just above or wherever, the ending comes quick. And yeah. usually at some point during the year, let's just use your senior year, at some point during the year, there is someone on the coaching staff or there's an alum who's visiting who talks about how fast it goes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to appreciate each moment. Don't appreciate it when it's over. Appreciate it while it's happening. And I've been in those shoes as an alum and you don't think it until it actually happens. And so you have to look back on, oh man, I just wish I would have taken it, um, those moments just a little bit differently, or I wish I would have leading up to those final couple. It happens, I think, every year. And as much as a coaching staff, we try to give that message it doesn't always work. We might hit on, you know, an individual or two, but it never hits the audience that you want it to, which is everyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, it's so true. You never know. Um, I ended up getting shoulder surgery after the season. And so I was out my, for the senior, my senior lacrosse season. And that's when I first started coaching, but I never would have thought I remember at the end of our season the year before, end of the lacrosse season, we were losing in the playoffs. I was about to go in and Brandon Bayless was like, no, 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 I'm going in. I'm a senior. I'm about to be done. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That was also, which, but that also ended up being my last game too, right? Um, so you never know. And and I think that as I have become a coach um, as an adult, I've seen that play out more times than, I would think is fair to <laughs> any of my players, right? Um, man, I was coaching for a couple of years. I was coaching girls varsity basketball at a school where I worked. And before the season, my two starting guards blew out their ACLs, right? Who would have known? Um, and so you just, you just never know. Um, and then you, and then, and then a global pandemic hits and, Right. So like there's so many things that can happen. And as much as uh, we, as much as all of the people that have come around uh, the program try and, and communicate that, I think that you never quite understand. No, no, you don't. So that concludes the 2006 senior campaign, which was uh, five and five. Mm-hmm. Uh Cliff, thanks for taking us weeks one through 10 on that uh, and sharing some of your memories. Uh, We're going to go ahead and do a two-minute drill. So let's get going here. All right. Any significance to your jersey number? Uh, No, I was switched as an offensive lineman very late, 
very late in my uh, career. And that was like the only one that was left. <laughs> you were 40 right before 58, correct? I was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are you closest to today? Your 40 time, your 800 or your bench? Um, probably 40 time. What upperclassmen had the biggest impact on you? Uh, David Williams, um, who's only a grade older than me, but had a huge impact. Um, yeah. Biggest hit given. Um, it's gotta be, uh, maybe in that, um, maybe in that Grand Valley game. Uh, I know I said I was taking a lot, but, uh, I got in some good ones too. <laughs> uh, can you diagram a play from your senior year offensive playbook? And if oh, so, yeah. and if so, what play are you diagramming first? Shoot, I can diagram so many of them. I, I, my favorite play though was always the power counter, uh, because as the pulling guard, the kick out on the defensive end was always, uh, was always a winner. That was a lights out opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what makes Fudge good? Uh, consistency. Come okay. on, come on, come on, come on. Don't bring any of that watery stuff up in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it has to be solid. If it's anything that's a little bit uh, uh, liquidy, yeah, it's it's yeah. trash. Yeah. Uh, best player you played against? Played against? Um, I mean, we played against some, some, like, some huge offensive linemen that, oh gosh, um, maybe Chappelle from U.S. <laughs> Koshin sped up because I held up my uh, my timer that was down to like five seconds. <laughs> Chappelle from US was pretty dynamic. He was super dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I do want to go back to just one of the questions because yeah. I think there's a chance to uh, expand on it a little bit. Upperclassman that had the biggest impact. You said mm -hmm. David Williams. Is there anything else you'd like to share about it? Because usually when you think of an upperclassman that had an impact on you, it's usually two years above you, maybe three. Right. And right. for you to pick someone who's just a year ahead, I'm curious. I mean, but it always felt like he was that much older, right? Um, just by his presence and maturity, I think that um, the people that were two grades above, we we had we had a bad year that year. We just were we were down, um, but uh, we just had a small senior class too, um, which I think may, maybe was part of that. Um, but Dewell, I think that. He so even when when I was a freshman, he was a sophomore, it always felt like he was was older. Right. Um, and just experienced and knew what he was doing. And um, just he, someone really he carried himself very well, he carried himself very well. And just like the way that not only his playing time that he was already getting, but um, the way that he was interacting with the team, I think um made him made him seem older but just as someone to model yourself after for sure so i want to get d wells on the pod at some point yeah yeah but i think what is so crazy is his freshman year so the year before you arrived he didn't even come out for football until the first day of school <laughs> he was not a part of any like he wasn't even on my dad's radar that he was a prospect mm-hmm that was incoming. And so day one, 
I drive up from the Lynnhurst campus after a day of uh, class mm-hmm. and I get up to the field and like his classmates were kind of like showing him off like, yeah, hey, we met David and uh, David's going to David's going to try to play <laughs> and hold my goodness. Did that work out well for for everyone? Man, in my junior year, when he was running back and Corin was fullback, what t- I mean, talk about a backfield. Uh, that's the ultimate one, too, right there. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you for those quick fire two minute drill uh, answers. I want to uh, I want to go ahead and switch now and I want to go from playing days to coaching and I want you to describe the experience of coming back post playing career and now joining the varsity staff as an assistant for two years. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of already touched on just what what a figure in my life um coach was and is still um i graduated from college i I was a little bit directionless um and but i had always wanted to coach um if you would ask me in high school what my what i wanted my job to be when i grew up it would have been to be a college football coach um and that you know that was part of why i became such a student of the game um and and just loved everything about it and i i ended up i thought i was gonna to play in college i ended up not i I played some lacrosse but um with just some lingering injuries and things like that um i i ended up not playing college in football and I'm sorry, playing football in college. Um, but but after I graduated, still like wanted to coach, had a passion for it. And so I emailed coach and and just asked him if um if he needed any help uh, that I would really love to. And um and not only did he give me a, a shot, right, but actually hired me to come do it. Um, and that was, that was really like the first thing that I did after I graduated and for him to have that, um, belief in me to bring me on as, as a full-time assistant coach onto a staff that had not really in any way changed from when I was a player. Um, and so, and so you were there, Coach Moses was there, um, all of these same figures on, on, a, on a staff that really doesn't change. Um, he felt comfortable hiring me to do that. And then the, the way that I was received um, was one as like, as a coach on the staff and as a colleague And there. And I never once felt like, um, that I was like the new person or that, um, I don't know, I just like had less to contribute than anyone else did. And I, I just can't express how meaningful those years of my life were um, and how thankful I am to, to all of you um, for allowing me to share that experience with you. Um, I just think that 
for me, those years, and I know that we'll get to what I'm doing now, but were just critical and foundational for me in a way that has now propelled me into um, into a really successful career in education. Um, and and so, man, I could, I mean, I, we I could talk about my two years coaching for just as long as we talked about my senior year, right? Because I have so many great memories um, and being able to see it from that side, I think is exactly what you would expect, right? If you had imagined it, right? Like there's not some like secret stuff going on behind closed doors, um, but but also just so powerful and transformational. So um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, you talk about that. Um... I mean, the program at its core is about relationship building and respect. And so you you mentioned that maybe you were a little bit surprised at the beginning that how you were accepted. So, but you know, that, that, that's what the program is about. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, it is always fun to have an alum who comes back and joins the staff, whether it's short term for the summer or whether it's for the entirety of a season but to just have someone that, you know, went through those four years in the program, had an experience, no matter how successful it was uh, statistically or not, but they went through that program and they understand it. They understand how it was built and what is going to continue to be sustaining it. And so then my dad brings those alums back and gives them that responsibility that he knows they're ready for. As we uh, as we continue talking about your time as a coach, is there a specific moment or a specific game that sort of stands out for you? Um, I think that, uh, I mean, I remember going over to the White House, like for our new traditions, right? Like talk about old versus new. I remember going out over to the White House, White House with you all to eat. Um, and just like the fun that we would have, uh, yeah, there are a lot of serious moments, but there are a lot of just, just enjoying each other's company. Right. Uh, and I mean, truly it was right with, with you and me and Wes, um, and coach, right. Like we just enjoyed being around each other. We were, we were working all the time. Um, I was I was as a, as an assistant football coach, I was up at Hawken almost as many hours as like was a full-time job, right. Um, during the season. And so we, we became really close. Um, oh, and Sean too. Uh, that was a coach McGregor, <laughs> coach McGregor, um, who was not coaching football when I was a player, but was the head basketball coach. And so I was like, shoot, this guy's the head basketball coach. I was super intimidated by him. And he just like ended up becoming a really close friend of mine while, um, while we were working together and just, you know, could not have been a nicer, a nicer guy. And um, so I I think that like just the camaraderie that we had um, and again, like in kind of the same way that we were talking about offensive lines, right. I think about our coaching staff, we, without, kind of without even talking about it. And this is partially because of the continuity of the staff just all knew exactly what we were bringing to the table, but what everyone else is bringing to the table too. Um, And 
I mean, it led that first year to, to the playoffs, right? Um, we had, we had an awesome season, um, in, in the first year that I was coaching. Um, let me think a few game memories. So one of the ones that stands out is, uh, the game that we played against Gilmore. Um, that was at, I think we were playing in Mayfield in their big stadium. Oh, that is, uh, that yep. that is one of my i can't even call it top three that's one of my bottom three worst uh memories for uh for a game yeah yeah um so uh just to give everyone we were i think it was the, i think that one was a thursday night as well it was yeah and so we were um we were playing gilmore they were good and uh, we were playing in the big Mayfield Heights Stadium under the lights. And the game ended up getting called. What, in the fourth quarter, at the end of the third quarter? Um, it was called just out of halftime. Um, I'm, I think I remember we were, we were pretty deep into it, um, is my recollection. I'm not sure. Uh, but we were up, and we were playing really well. Halfway through the third. Yeah. And, and we were playing really well. Um, and so then we had to resume and it was called because of weather. Um, and so we had to resume the next day, um, over at Gilmore's field and they ended up coming back. Um, and I just remember us thinking about like, okay, so what are they doing right now? How are they spending this like weird off time? How are they going to adjust? What are we supposed to do? How are we going to adjust? Um, and it being just like one of the most um, unusual football experiences, I think that that I've had either as a player, or as a coach. Um, also uh, a ton of great memories. We racked up a lot of wins that year. Um we had some dynamic uh, player leaders on that team. Um, and we were doing some really creative stuff from a coaching lens too, that just ended up being really cool. I, I remember, um, cause I was coaching offensive line and linebackers. I remember just think, uh, working on, okay, so how are we going to block this front this week? Um, how are we going to teach this to players? Um, that year someone got hurt and we in the middle of a game put in Jack green as a freshman. Um, and so I remember just drawing on the whiteboard for him as he was literally running into the game. Okay. So like, this is, <laughs> this is where you're going to block on this play and this play. And, um, and so, uh, and then we, we ended up going down. I forget the name of the school is that like down South of Akron that we played in the playoffs that year. Akron Manchester game. It was Manchester, I think. Akron Manchester, yeah. Where their coach uh said that our offensive linemen were as big as his cornerbacks. And he was definitely talking about Jared Berg. Um and uh and man, we gave them a really good game. We ended up losing that by just a single score. Um so yeah, that was definitely a uh, that was a good game. Twenty one fourteen just uh, just came up short. We uh, hit a hook and ladder, mm-hmm. caught by Mark Mergiano, lateral to yep. Ryan Stilson coming underneath. Just 
down the sideline untouched and uh, then kicked the onside kick and got it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we thought we were going to go in and either put in the tying score or possibly get out of there with a two point conversion and try to win by one. And we, we came up short. Yeah. Um, so I think that, um, you know, that is where a lot of the things that I have taken into my life have become really solidified. Right. Um, and, and how much I use everything that I've learned now in my life, but like, both just the materials, right? The, the the attitudes of a hawk. I still have that in my wallet. Um, I have adapted that on teams that I have coached. Um, but then also just the philosophy too. For the listener who's not familiar with the attitudes of a hawk, do you want to give a quick description of what that document is? Yeah, so the attitudes of a hawk um, is something that um, that came from coach and there were... Um, like 10 or 11 of them on there. And uh, each one was an attitude that we would, um, that we were expected to embody um, as a player, but also just as a human being, I think. And, um, and so coach would go over these and he'd have stories about each one. And we would talk about them like one or two a day during two days. Um, And the cool thing for me about that was, is that he would do it every year. And it never got repetitive or boring for me, right? Like each year I was excited to hear about it again Um, because it was just so powerful in the way that it, it could, um, that it, it was teaching you how to lead your life. Right. So um, are you willing to commit? Are you willing to sacrifice? Um, Are you, are you um, willing to believe um, right. All of these concepts that really, um, get at the core of not only what it like takes to be a successful athlete or to build a successful team, but to, to do, to succeed in whatever it is that you want to do in your life. Um, I don't, uh, I definitely used it as when I was coaching in the past, but I've also used it as a teacher. I don't like have the actual full document, but like in my beginning of the year slides where I am like introducing myself, I absolutely have um, two or three of those words on there. Um, One of them is definitely commit, right? Like, and I talk about it, right? Are you willing to commit? You tell me that you want to get an A, great. Are you willing to commit to it? Um, when, When it's February and it's cold outside, and the, the sun is not shining and you're sick of coming into school every day, are you still going to be as fired up to get an A as you are right now? Right? Like those concepts apply. We talk about caring. Um, my goal as, a, as an educator is to show you that I care about you every single day, right? Are you willing to do the same thing for each other? Um, and so, and so you, and you can, you can apply that wherever you want, right? So that has just been such a powerful um, piece for me. That's nice. Um, so you've given us a little bit of how the program has been with you since you've uh, moved on. Why don't you go ahead and circle back and give us a, what are you up to these days? So where, where are you these days, Cliff? <laughs> um, so after uh, 
a couple of years back in Cleveland. Um, so I was coaching, I coached varsity football for, uh, and then varsity lacrosse. Um, so I was up at Hawken pretty much all the time. Um, I ended up moving to Indianapolis and in becoming educator. The story about that is actually super tied into what we're talking about. So um, I did not go to college for education. Um, I was a psychology and religion double major and a French minor, right? So um, what do you do with that? That's literally the question that everyone asked me. <laughs> um, but I remember in um, in at the in the spring of that second year, um, I even though I was coaching full time, uh, really because I was doing two two sports, um, I was also just like working odd jobs and you know in and out of living at home too. And so I was like, maybe like I need to figure out some next steps here. Um, I'm like 23 years old and like should probably like get some get some things in order. Um, and I'd gone to college in Indiana and had a bunch of friends in Indianapolis and was like, I wonder what's going on there. So I just happened to get online and see that there was a job opening for a head football coach at a school called Manual High School in Indianapolis, which I knew nothing about, um, but just decided to like email them my resume and, and see what would happen. And they ended up calling me and telling me that um, I was a finalist for their job and asked me if I would drive in and interview with them to be their football coach. And so I said, yeah, I'll definitely do that. And so I drove over to Indianapolis and stayed with a buddy and um, went to this job interview. Um, and they said, well, we, we would like to hire you, but really what we would like for you to do is we want you to come be a teacher here and also you could be like the, the head assistant coach. And I said, okay, cool. And then they hooked me up with like this, uh, this program that um, allowed me to become a teacher. And so I did that. Um, and uh, so I, the, I started calling the, and this was like in March, maybe. So like in June, I started calling the athletic director and principal, Hey, I got into this program. I'm like ready to do the things like, let's move forward. And no one, they like, I just never heard anything from them. And, um, and it turns out that they were both, they had both like resigned or like there was some like transition in the school where everyone was turned over. And, um, and so then I was like, still move, going to move to Indianapolis and do this program and just now needed to like find a different school to work at. So that is how I became a teacher. Um, and so since then, uh, I have, um, uh, I was a high school English teacher for six or seven years, um, taught mostly ninth grade. Uh, and then four years ago, um, I was part of a small team of teachers and administrators, there were only seven of us that replicated the school I was working at. And we started a brand new school um from the ground up so we started with ninth graders we have 12th graders for the first time this year so we've added a grade each year um during all of that time i've coached just about all the sports um so stayed with that life um i was our first athletic director at this new school that we started um for the first year 
And then um, I have, I am now, and in my second year, uh, I am our director of counseling um, and director of college and career counseling um, and work with 11th and 12th graders. So uh, still like very into the education field, um, into the, into coaching um, and very much use and apply all of the things that I have been talking about in my day-to-day -day practice for sure. Well, that's a pretty cool story. <laughs> Be a part of uh, creating that that charter school program up there. Yeah. And uh, the name of it again is? It's called Riverside High School in Indianapolis. Riverside High School. And their mascot, their nickname? We are the Argonauts, um, which is an ancient sea warrior. Uh, I was just telling Dan, our, our school is actually in an old naval armory. Um, so it's pretty neat building. That does sound pretty cool. Yeah. Anything else? Um, I think I would just like to wrap up by, I, I know I've said this a bunch, but um, just how powerful and impactful my experience with Hawkins football has been um, as a player, as a coach, um, the, the, what it's done for me personally, but then also the relationships and connections I have because of it, um, I think is something that is difficult to find most places. Um, so I'm ever thankful for being able to have experienced it. Well put. Uh, Cliff, you are so passionate about your high school football experience. Uh, your stories clearly show that. I want to thank you for your time. Uh, your sharing about these moments of growth as a result of being a part of the football program for four years, uh, your commitment to it. Uh, it is always good to get a chance to catch up with you and see how things are going. That uh, that two-year stretch where you were on staff were some fun times and uh, ones that uh, I think we both have good memories of. And so I want to uh, go ahead and close this podcast. Uh, you were just listening with class of 2007, Cliff Koshin. And I want to thank him for joining me on this trip down to the river. Thanks, Kosh. Cool. Thank you, man. Thanks for spending time with us today. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and spread the word. And until the next episode, like my dad always says, good night, Irene.